$2 late fee, you have one new message. Hey guys, it's it's Daryl here. Um, uh, listen, I just wanted to I wanted to apologize, you know, for the whole, uh, you know, bringing the Russian army in and things like that. But I did want to make one thing kind of clear: the bug I ate the bug, right? It was it was it went in my mouth. That's where the bug went. Just so we're clear. I, I mean, there's been some talk about that the bug, you know, was introduced into my body in another way. I swallowed the bug. Just so we're clear. Okay. All right. You got. It. Give me a call back if you get a chance. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. <laughs> Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. in the mood the proper mood oh, I'm so in the mood right now for what I'm we're about to do right now hey so we're still in a pandemic and but that doesn't stop us from bringing the top-notch a-plus entertainment 80s movies soundtracks all of your favorite celebrity interviews here on two dollar late fee um today <laughs> today we're talking about a movie that shaped my childhood um, and take that for what you will. We're talking about <laughs> 1984's Red Dawn, uh, starring everybody in the world at that time. And today's episode is uh, our lead-in to our interview with Darren Dalton, who plays Daryl in the movie. Daryl the Traitor. That'll be coming up in two weeks. Very excited about that. And we haven't talked about what we're going to talk about musically, but I, I imagine it just makes sense to talk about what we just heard, which is probably Basil Palladoris's whole soundtrack. This might actually, this might be our first um, uh, sound uh, soundtrack score for a movie. That is it. You got it. We have we have always had a specific song, but today we're 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 doing we're doing all of it. Um, doing the whole thing. And what a score it is. Dun, dun, dun. And we also, um, we brought in a very special guest, uh, someone who is not only an expert in all things Red Dawn, uh, because I just made him that, um, <laughs> but, but, a, but a pop culture guru as well. Hell yeah. Um, because, I, yeah, just, you know, I'm also just saying that too. I don't know if that's true, but it seems like it should be. So 
Uh, Zach, do the honors and please introduce who's with us today. Well, I was not only going to add on to the uh, the pop culture guru by saying yes, he is, but I was also going to say this guy can sing any theme song from any television series back in the day. So you throw out Facts of Life or you throw out, uh, I don't know, Give Me a Break. And then like he will throw down and sing that thing word for word. But he's also a damn fine writer and comic book writer. Um, and his name is Diallo Jackson. Diallo, what's happening, dude? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome, Diallo. <laughs> Actually, Diallo has the distinction of singing, thank you for being a friend uh, at my wedding. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah. I did do that. One of my favorite Was that songs. planned or just a lot of a lot of booze or something? Unexpected on my... I didn't know he was going to sing that. I mean, it could have been all of the above. Um, I planned it after drinking a lot of booze, maybe. I don't know. A lot of Schaeferized ice, <laughs> yeah, uh, shaved ice. Schaefer ice. <laughs> was that part of the, um, like the toast? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Speeches. Okay. Speeches. Yeah. Yep. Let's give a speech. The and then speeches, I, sang, yes. I, sang a, I sang a song and it was beautiful. Um, it was. Everyone cried. I don't know if it was because they were touched or if they were terrified. Oh, we were also drunk too. Yeah. Um, now, did you sing the full version of the song or just the opening of the Golden Girls? Oh, yeah. The, the full version. The whole all one minute of it <laughs> yeah yeah the, probably yeah the <laughs> like what, the opening like the opening sequence from golden girls however you know however long the actual song is i don't know but like the part that they have for the tv show yeah i sang it yeah it was great yeah <laughs> encapsulated everything i was feeling at that moment uh were you crying also uh yes i was <laughs> yeah you were you were there were tears yeah tears were shed Oh, wait, no, I, they were no tears because I learned not to cry. <laughs> Don't cry. Hold it back. I learned not to cry by watching Red Dawn. Nice segue, we'll, dude. We're going to get to that, that later. That is a brilliant segue. Um, before <laughs> brilliant we, writer. Before we go into the movie, uh, you know, Zach just mentioned uh, like two minutes ago that you are – you can basically sing any TV show song in the world. And I was wondering – I was going to – I was going to say, please don't call me on that. Well, <laughs> one of my personal favorites as far as what what not to sing, um, because it's because uh, it's a very I, I find it to be a very bizarre song is the theme song from the show Alice. Uh, there's a there's oh, a yeah. new girl in town. Can, yeah, do, there's a new girl in town. And I'm feeling good. <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> it's just so yeah. awkward. Well done. Well, no problems yeah. there. Well done. Okay, <laughs> you didn't even you didn't even flinch. So yeah. verified as a pop culture guru now. Congratulations. See? Certified. <laughs> Grade A, one hundred percent organic. Um, Beef. So, yeah. So you segued perfectly into Red Dawn. Um, Nineteen eighty four masterpiece. It really is quite a movie. Um, and yes. I know that you guys uh, rewatched it uh, together, right? Recently. Yeah, I mean, the out of the um, one of the silver linings out of this whole experience right now with the at home COVID nineteen is being able to rewatch movies, having the time to rewatch movies we haven't seen in a while, and watch them as a group on the the two seven or the Zoom or whatever have you. And uh, yeah, we 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 watched it with. Our good buddy Terry, yeah. and uh, man, it was—I hadn't seen this movie in 
20 years. Yeah, and I hadn't seen the movie in like two or three months. Uh, because it's just such a favorite. You just watch it's it every true, couple a months. True story. I actually just happened. Uh, I was kind of sitting there one day, and um, uh, I had a screen on in the background. And I was like, you know, I haven't seen Red Dawn in a while, and that used to be such a huge movie for me growing up. Yeah. So I put it on, and yeah, and it was like maybe two or three months later. I don't forget. It just kept coming up in conversations with Zach. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we watched it. Uh, he, he'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as 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 you well know, Dustin, the minute I get obsessed about something, I'm like, I can't like I can't let it go. Yeah. And so we have to do this. And I think I, I messaged you and, and you were like, Yeah, we should we should definitely we have to do Red Dawn. And it feels very timely right now yeah. with uh yeah. with just the state of the world and everything going on and man, I forgot I forgot about a large chunk of it. So I you know can't wait to kind of break apart pieces of it and and <laughs> see what where my thoughts are mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm i'd like to see your thoughts and where they are too um <laughs> aaron thoughts? aaron and i coincidentally just had rewatched it because i don't it had been some time for her too it was just on the old amazon prime we, we just watched it like uh yeah like like a month ago maybe two months i don't know time doesn't matter anymore so i have no sense of, of what it is <laughs> but um but that uh it does. It does feel very timely. And um, just to give a, a, a quick synopsis, this is a a film that takes place. Uh, well, it takes place in the eighties in a sort of fictionalized version of a specific mining town in uh, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, whereby, yeah, a group of uh, well, it's it's kind of like World War Three, essentially. Um, I don't know if you guys were paying a lot of attention to the to the kind of the cards that's kind of come up when this movie opens, but they they go by very fast and they they just kind of sum up like massive amounts of time in you know twenty maybe twenty seconds of cards, and it's just kind of like ultimately all we know is like okay some treaty broke here this thing happened this thing happened and then all of a sudden the United States has no allies and is. Uh, open for invasion. Oh, that, from, is, that feels. It seems. <laughs> that feels. They don't like say that, that the, the, the president was an asshole. <laughs> no. That tracks. Well, yeah. uh, it does. <laughs> would you say it was. Well, Ronald Reagan probably would have been president at the time. Yeah, right? he would have been president at the time. Okay. He was yep. well liked. He was yeah, well he was, liked. He was all right. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. <laughs> So we're introducing the story through the eyes of a group of high school kids as they realize that, yeah, their town is being invaded and um, they don't have a lot of help. So we, get, we got the Russians coming in. We got uh, uh, there's some Cuban Cuban forces coming in yep. um, literally into their backyard and they're they're forced to uh, retreat into the mountains and. Stay alive for as long as they can. Can I ask you a quick question about this and get your thought on it? Uh, the the title cards. If you didn't have that intro, do you think it would change the tone of the movie? Hmm. It's a it's a really it's a good thoughtful question. Lucky Thank for you. you, I've got a couple of thought. No, um, <laughs> no, you know. Well, are you saying just like not having any cards at all in the beginning yeah. to kind of explain what's going on? Just flashing the uh, the beautiful Red Dawn font, which I yeah absolutely love. But yeah, no, no, uh, no intro, no nothing, and just starting out with the school with the Russians dropping down. 
The only time I would question that would be like, why why is no one helping? Like, why are we not prepared for this at all? Um, yeah. In in that sort of like. Um, although, as a, as a quick aside, I should mention that when I was in elementary school, and I watched this with my friend Michael Papa because we like to, to 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 watch this movie, and then we you know we pretend to be the Wolverines in his backyard. We were convinced we we had found like a garbage bag in my in my backyard and we were convinced that you know the russians that it was a parachute or i don't know kids are stupid but um you know we went to the school nurse i remember this so clear we went to the school nurse and we were like yeah we think the russians are attacking and she was like well you know we'd probably know about it you know we'd probably know if like people had broken through and just started parachuting into your backyard and it's like that's a good that's a good point and i don't know why we went to the nurse or how we ended up there but because um, the nurse is safe, right? You wouldn't go to the, the nurse has because... knowledge on mental health. I, I guess, I, you know, like we're a little concerned. Uh, I, you know, I didn't go to my regular teacher. You didn't well, go because I... you know what happens to regular teachers in Red Dawn scenarios, right? Unfortunately, right. That's right. That's right. They knew that regular teacher. By the way, I mean, I know you're going to run, kind of run down the, some of the people in the cast, but the the guy who plays the regular teacher. I recognized him from uh, Batteries Not Included, uh-huh. The Wizard. You recognize you recognized him from Batteries Not Included. You're like, that's the Batteries Not Included guy. Yeah, I've because seen him before. he's got like such a. I forgot. I forgot that he was the teacher in this. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it, is I, is he the guy in Batteries Not Included that's like clutching a jar of coins? Yes, he he's supposed to play <laughs> like somewhat of a. I'm assuming. Yeah, mentally you know, challenged. Yeah. What are yeah. they? Yeah, is that what they call it now? Is that I the proper know. term? I don't know what they call it. That's what we're calling it. Yeah. yeah. Learning difference or something. Yeah. <laughs> Learning difference. That's perfect. And then he's play, he plays a hardcore trucker at the end of uh, The Wizard that helps the kids get to Vegas. Oh, that's... Yeah, I just know him as uh, various side characters from uh, 80s TV shows. He played like, a cop somewhere. Yeah. 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 I'm, not, I'm not doing him justice right now. Well, he's great. I, I, he was, he's one of the most believable performances in the movie. No, I, I, I do love all the performances, but like, you know, like just a teacher who's like giving a lecture and then there's some guys parachuting into the courtyard. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a Mr. fair reaction. His name's uh, Frank McRae, Mr. Teasdale, Mr. Teasdale. Mr. Teasdale. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, my God, I mean, he's been in, yeah, he's been in, he's been in, Everything, but uh, back in the day, lock up. Oh yeah, I remember him in Lock Up, Last Action Hero, License to Kill, kill. Loaded Weapon One. Oh, good stuff. I love that we're just leading this like star-studded movie. We're just leading off with the Frank Teasdale. <laughs> Dude, this is but this is my life. Like these are the things that stand out to me. <laughs> he was the, yeah, no, he was our to, introduction to, to the world. Yeah, I mean, what, what, to, do, you, what no, do you want me to say? <laughs> it's true. He's the first, you know. Adult, you see in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it definitely uh, sets the stakes up. Like, like immediately, you think the authority type teacher of the te- uh, the authority type character of the teacher would sort of like manage stuff, and he gets gunned down pretty quickly. And you know, it's a scramble from there on out. Yep. Yeah. Shocking. He's open fire. Yeah. He's he's doing that well now, my friend. Hold on now, my friend. What do we have there? And he's just he's just the my friend guy. He's like, Well I'd say they were a, how many clicks off course? He's just like Yeah. 
<laughs> he's just so you know he knows like this is not normal but i'm gonna just walk out and it's the new normal just, <laughs> just see where they where they may have gotten lost these these guys unloading ak-47s in the, the school grass <laughs> my like, god hey, my yeah friend. they're just loading up yep um, that's a terrifying scene that's a, that that is terrifying it is yeah that mo- like that movie, and it's funny. Like you're the question you just asked about the 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 title, the cards at the beginning. Like when we watched it a few weeks ago, one thing I noticed the um, is that it felt it feels almost like a documentary. Like mm, the way yeah. that the way that it plays out, because there's 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 a quality about this movie that I always wonder. Because it's easy to call it cheesy, especially now if yeah. you look back on movies like that, but. It's still like in a lot of ways holds up and watching it, I felt like it felt like it had this documentary feel to it. And I think that those titles at the beginning kind of sets that up. Um, yep. And then every like when they do each of the months over the course of the movie, it has that feel, too. So I know that might it might have changed it for me if they didn't have it. I don't know. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I never thought about that. That's a, that's a really good point. I make um, points sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they're good, well, sometimes they're bad. I don't know. No, that's good. And that's it, why it, you're it, here. To think about too, like uh, the the changing of the seasons with the months. It, yeah, it does feel like you're watching. It has that cinema verite vibe at times to it. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And damn, I mean, like it, it, it is. It, I forgot how dark this movie is. Like how brutal. And depressing it is. Yeah. And how people throw up, you know, images of the Wolverines all the time. Like, yeah, kick mm-hmm. ass. And like, you, right. Remember, but... Yeah, but uh, like everyone died. <laughs> you know, I don't, spoiler, whatever. Yeah. It came out in 84, so who gives a shit? Yeah. But uh, like that idea of like, oh my gosh, this is a depressing movie. This is, I love it. I love this movie. Yeah. But it is a depressing film. Well, that's how, like, when we watched it, I, I tied it to um, Rogue One. Remember, like, totally. Because we it, it, it had seen it since then but i was like oh wow this is they follow the same kind of path yeah where you get down to the very end and it's like suicide mission yeah what are they doing at the end and uh yeah it doesn't it doesn't end on a necessarily happy note they don't really achieve much of anything like you know the the whole movie can be looked at as a statement of like anti-war in a way like Mm -hmm. that kind of like war is pointless yeah because it doesn't matter Mm-hmm. No, you're right because they, all they did was have one of the largest bloodbaths in cinematic history, right? <laughs> I think this goes down as one of the largest well, body counts ever. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at the absurdity of the fact that they just like annihilated everybody. And it, at the end of the day, yeah, but uh, I feel yeah. like, but I do, I do think that the their like again the tie tying it to Rogue One like the specific objective of rogue one was that it was impactful for what they were doing they were like getting the plans for the death star right um yeah the objective yeah in this movie but in that in both in rogue one and in this movie there is that idea of uh rebellions are built on hope Mm. that's the line from rogue one and that's really what the objective of the wolverines it was just by they weren't trying to win anything they were just fighting back and in you you pick up I think they say at the very end of the movie, you pick up that their fighting back kind of inspired. Yes, um, it did. Other people to kind of hold up, hold up, uh, hold up, and hold in there until hang in there until 
um, you know, we get our shit together. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which is what we're doing right now, right? We're holding yeah. our shit together until our co- our government can get their shit together. <laughs> you said earlier about the cast and like, yeah, we, we, I pointed out a very minor character in the film, uh, impactful to us, I think as an audience, but damn, this movie is a, it's a who's who of eighties icons. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about the kids too. Like they're the, the, adult actors in this are equally uh as as relevant and talented as the the teens are in this film right and it's not like the movie never comes off as like a big blockbuster like you know showcase showcase yeah yeah um but the level of talent with the actors is it really is like they're all really good Although to be fair, the, the the younger actors they hadn't quite hit yes. like that like point where they were a actors, but whoever did casting saw something in them and knew that they were all on their way. Yeah, because they all became almost all of them became like a level actors for for a time. Yeah, let's fire some off. We got Patrick Swayze. Everybody knows the Swayze. The Swayze. We got Charlie Sheen. Jennifer Grey, uh, Leah Thompson, uh, C. Thomas Howell, who, um, who who plays my favorite character in this movie, Robert. Uh, I just kind of he's, he's just enjoy his art. He's the Wolverine of the Wolverines. <laughs> he's, he really is. Uh, he really is. And, um, and then, of course, you know, speaking about the older actors, Powers Booth, um, who's just, you know, He's so welcome when he comes in this movie. You're, you're so, like happy to see him, kind of. You're just like, oh, finally. I'm yeah. always happy to see Powers yeah. Booth. I, yeah. I love that guy. I rest in peace. It's he's he's gold and everything. Yeah. I mean, he he has he was just different. Yeah. You know, he was like Scott Glenn uh, or Ed Harris. He reminds me of that kind of actor where they like they just play the same type of guy in every movie, but that's what you love about them. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, but well, but towards the end of his career, he was just playing like some of the most vile villains you've ever encountered. Oh, well, yeah, um, and at this time, he actually played Jim Jones in the uh, TV movie. Yeah. Uh, we so, yeah, he was. He I was, think yeah. that was my first introduction to him. Actually, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, was that Jim Jones movie? I just gravitated always towards that. It's because of my dad, I'm sure. But <laughs> I always gravitated towards that older guy who, you know, he's not in like he's not like in the best shape but he's like he seems like a relatively fit dude and he just seems like a genuine like when he when he that actor plays a a good guy character Mm -hmm. and you're like oh yeah i want to idealize he's like my dad man you know he carries weight when he's on screen yeah like and uh and he basically is the dad in those scenes that he's in and um red dawn but it wasn't allegedly the the direction to go with him to be more of a love interest to Leah Thompson's character like she th- that originally in the script they were gonna go that route but decided to kind of veer thank God they uh, did. Uh, apparently apparently you know th- this was the first f- film to be released with a PG thirteen rating so this yeah. was the first one the yeah. very first That's what one I was saying, I, like I said yeah. that to you last yeah. time yeah wow yeah. what a trip yeah okay because yeah I was always confused about that. Um, you know, I thought it was like young Sherlock Holmes at the time, or I thought Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was the first 
but it was I heard that that was what propelled the MPAA to go. Eh, maybe we need to rethink this mm-hmm. rating because that that's rated PG. Especially, well, like in like when you were saying how it's one of the most violent movies. That's probably why. Yeah. Even though it's yeah. still hard for me to believe that. Even when we watched it the other one, other week, it, like the violence for whatever in that movie doesn't track with me. Like it doesn't. Maybe it's just because I'm used to other like types of violence or even like even on yeah. even on like tv i get more violent like uh if you watch the walking dead oh, like that's yeah, way dude. more gory than like most movies but even when i was a kid watching that movie i never it wasn't the necessarily the violence of it that i like is it because there's not a lot of blood there's not a lot of blood yeah there's not maybe that's what it is it's like that western violence you know where someone gets shot oh and they fall down and you don't really see yeah. the impact of the bullet or whatever well it's just it's also it's not gratuitous yeah you know, it's not violent for the sake of being violent, which yeah. I feel like most a lot of movies are now. Yeah. yeah, I I would say that this is the most violent, nece- most necessary violent movie. <laughs> Necessarily violent. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like uh, necessarily yeah, like, violent. It, it we need this. We need this. Yeah, you need like it, it, I think it it leads to the suffering that these kids are going through, mm-hmm. and. Specifically, like you said, your favorite character, see Thomas Howell's character, Robert, his his like mental yeah yeah uh, devolvement or whatever you know like into the the, the Wolverine that he becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to see all that. You got to see everybody get lined up, his dad included, and or well, he doesn't find he he never sees his dad die, but he finds out about it, you know, and yeah. God, the emotion that they convey too is like so intense. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's really, really well done. And, and, um, yeah, the emotional beats in the movie are, are kind of, are, I think what makes it like, you know, we were talking about again, that the remake and I saw it, but I don't remember anything. <laughs> about Not memorable. It. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, my my inclination would be that if you were making a remake of Red Dawn and you were, you would probably want to just kind of follow the main story beats and make a lot of explosions and um, you when you watch the original you actually forget like how much it resonates on an emotional level. Oh yeah. So with the uh, like all the characters and um, even like Leah Thompson's character is actually pretty is pretty interesting in the the journey she has. Um, One of the survivors too, right? Yeah, yeah, and just like you know, and she's a little bit of a wild child, and she's a girl, and you know, guys <laughs> try to say this and that to her, and she fights back like verbally, and she's like not having any of it, yeah. and it's just especially for that era that wasn't as common. Um, so. Yeah, it's just that everyone has a has like this emotional resonance to them that makes the kind of makes the whole thing kind of come together. Yeah. I think. I'm not trying to say it's Shakespeare, but I'm just <laughs> saying, <laughs> I'm just saying there's more thought put into it than just like, hey, what's uh? Well, John no, Milish, John is it John Milish? Is that how you pronounce? I think his it's name? Uh, Milius, I believe. Milius, Milius, I think. Uh, he wrote the screenplay, right? It's yeah. uh, Conan, a uh, Conan Barbarian right, producer, right? Uh, I mean, Apocalypse Now. The guy is, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. He knows the shit. Oh, Jeremiah and, uh, Johnson. And uh, Basil, what's his name? Paul Pomodors. He did the. Uh, he did yes. the score for Conan the Barbarian. Oh yeah. Did, yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, I think Total Recall and Ooh. and um, uh, the 
if it's a dead bug, it's a <laughs> tremors. <laughs> no, 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 no. Arachnophobia. Uh, no, the uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> oh yeah, Starship. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. He did Starship Troopers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was hoping you'd say arachnophobia. Yeah, arachno a weaknophobia. <laughs> and then yeah, the other people in the movie, right? Uh, ben Johnson, who's a classic '60s and '70s western star. Yeah. And then uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Another plays the plays the dad. We should say that Charlie Sheen and and Patrick Swayze are brothers. Yep. Yes. Yep. Jed and Jed and Matt Eckert. They weren't brothers in The Outsiders, were they? Charlie Sheen wasn't. wasn't oh, that's sorry. That's a... Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get those. Come on, I get those white dark hair guys. All. <laughs> <laughs> but that you know, it's actually like, funny like you see because like when we were watching it, you like you forget there was a stretch of movies up until maybe after Hot Shots Part Two or something where like yeah. where Charlie Sheen actually used to act in movies and was good. Yeah, and he was good. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so when we were watching this, it was like, oh, yeah. Like, I totally forget about that part of his career. Yeah, because out of all the guys in this movie, he, he's definitely the one that stands out as he was such a huge uh, popular actor who just like all of a sudden went just, whoosh, mm-hmm. you know. See, Thomas Howell slowly transitioned into com- doing more like behind the scenes VO type stuff. And, and he also was uh, sick for a while, too. Uh, but like, and, and Patrick Swayze never really faltered until he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the, the act Leah Thompson and Jennifer Grey were always kind of on top of their game and mm-hmm. still are, I guess, you know, but, uh, wait, you're saying that Charlie Sheen, like recently, recently, more recently, like, like two and a half men, uh, hashtag winning, like the, all that. That well, kind of downfall. I, he definitely Sheen. had a roller coaster. Yeah, I mean, even like so, as as popular as uh, Two and a Half Men was, I think by that point we 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 view him more as a punchline than we right. like did before before that. Oh yeah, like, we like he was like he was legit, and we you know uh, what were some of the movies we were like rattling off, and it was like. Uh, like, oh yeah, he well, was in that. He was I mean, in that. Platoon and and yeah, and, Platoon. Just you like know. you can stop right there. <laughs> even his smaller roles in like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yeah. or uh, you know, even a cheesy ball, cheesy ball movie like The Wraith. He was really good in Young Guns. Young Guns. Yeah. And then he did a really killer kind of indie movie called Cadence with his dad, which I thought was a cool military movie. And but, Three Musketeers. That, that was <laughs> I mean, Three so Musketeers good. was a huge hit too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and Summer then movie. The Chase, right? <laughs> Yeah, the chase. I love that movie. With the what's her name? Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson. Swanson. Oh boy. There we go. Uh, But yeah, yeah. Yeah, There we go. go. (laughs) Lead us into it, Christy Swanson. Um. Yeah, what I I I really like that the director, uh, he he seems to like suffer no fools like like when he um when he talks about just like the kind of the whole process of filmmaking. Um, I, I I just kind of stumbled upon some of his quotes, and I just, this is just such a simple quote, but I really like it. It's, he says, writing requires a great deal of skill, just like painting does. People don't want to learn those skills. It's like, yeah, dude. Like, it just, it just speaks to like people don't want uh, to really do the work. Mm-hmm. They just want, they just want the, you know, the finished product. That's how we like. I think we view 
film in that way like especially if you're not involved in making it in any way shape or form you just it's the finished products put in front of you and you don't really like even contemplate all that goes into making a movie whether it's good or bad so it's it's really easy to just sort of like you know and i'm guilty of it often where it's like i'll just like you can just rifle off these reasons why this movie <laughs> sucks <laughs> but you know, like you don't you just yeah. never know the like you know the decisions that were made you know to to cause it to be that way and so yeah there's a lot of work that goes into it whether the good movie's good or bad there's a yeah. lot of work that goes into to making them so um it's something to kind of think about well and i think this movie feels very well thought out like it's very it, it is it's i think it deserves the credit that it gets because it is it is not just a teen action movie mm-hmm. it's got a lot of depth to it and um you know yeah i think he, he hits the nail on the head i didn't realize i didn't realize upon like kind of looking into it recently that that he wrote and directed it as well so that's yeah along with kevin reynolds who i think wrote um one of my favorite movies Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I just learned recently of your love for Waterworld. I'm gonna have um, to get him some of those toys. Time, every time I'm gonna do a podcast with you, I'm gonna have to bring that up. <laughs> the only, the only thing I remember about Waterworld is it being like insanely long, and that that child, the gil, the gil child. Well, dude, or he, he has directed gills. the gilded child or whatever. I remember, I, I just that Kevin Costner has gills in his neck, right? He's like part yeah. oh, yeah, gill yeah, yeah. or something. Well, yeah, I, so. Well, Nothing also, stands out to me about that movie at all. I don't know, remember nothing about it. He did. I didn't. I didn't know he did Count of Monte Cristo yeah. and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, yeah. and came back to write the Red Dawn remake. Wait, he wrote Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? No, he directed. He, directed it, he wrote yeah. the Red Dawn remake. Yeah. But uh, he directed Mount, oh. Count of Monte Cristo, which is a great sandwich. It's a great sandwich. I liked Count of Monte Cristo. I am Cristo. Your man. Yeah, but. Is that the one where no? That's the one. Who's the one where Jim Caviezel's in uh, Count of Monte Cristo? Yeah, I like that Jim Caviezel, yeah. the Eric Roberts double. Yeah. <laughs> I really quick. I just want to also point out the fact that uh, yeah, Harry Dean Stanton. Besides Repo Man, the guy has has he's got a laundry list of amazing roles he's done, uh, and then Ron O'Neill as the as the Cuban uh, like commander. Yeah. Played Superfly in the seventies, which is wild. Wild. That is wild. So I didn't wild. really even put two and two together yeah. until I saw it just the uh, last yeah. week. Yeah. Seriously, like I, I thought, oh shit, that's oh nice. That's wild. Yeah. And like you just like, and again, like the level you actually see the level of actor he is because yes. you know Superfly to this because he's a, there's nothing camp about his character in at Superfly. All. Like in um in Red Dawn. Oh no, there's no, nothing no. camp about the character in Red Dawn at all. Like, like he's this, yeah. I mean, it's just he's probably he's one of the the better acted performances in the movie, which they're all like great performances. Yeah. But he because he's like he's an antagonist, but there's like this warmth to him yeah. and um like sort of connection and compassion that he has for the people that he's he's uh trying to oppress (laughs) but he just plays everything with such seriousness and you're like wow really yeah (laughs) yeah and then he has that big kind of moment emotional moment at the end where he's writing a letter to his 
yeah, wife his or something? wife or yeah, girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I also want to point out his second in command. I don't know if you picked up on this, Dustin, but yeah. uh, and, and I and that was I had just watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure right before uh, earlier the day before I think, and I recognized uh, his his second in command as the escape convict in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the guy who you know. He said, you know those little mattresses, you know those little tags in the mattresses? I cut one off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Great. Such a good movie. Yeah, dude. <laughs> what? I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I like that guy. His name is Judd Oman. Oh, yeah, yeah, Judd Oman. Yeah, the Nicaraguan captain. Yeah. Oh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Sorry, Nicaragua. I apologize profusely. Yeah, we're saying that's, Cuban. He's super racist. Yes. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't pay attention Wait, to the but, flags on their... Uniform. Well, there were there were I mean several forces in that in that scene. Oh, kind of like uh, Invasion USA, where all the all the guys come together, all the terrorists from all over the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who get brought yeah. together by the one guy. <laughs> yeah. So no, there's and I mean even like little minor characters, uh, Aardvark, uh, the, the 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 one of the kids, the younger kids, his dad. Is a really well-known actor, uh, Pepe Serna, who has just been uh, Pepe, Pepe, yeah, Pepe, and uh, uh, he. I mean, he was in Scarface. He was in the Rookie, the Buckaroo Banzai, Buckaroo Banzai, and Silverado. Actually, he had huge roles in, uh, yeah, and, and Scarface as well. So, like, I always love seeing that in movies when a guy you recognize, you're like, oh yeah, that that guy's a, like again, like the the the, the teacher in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing like, wait, oh, they took a really small role for this movie, but but they could be considered, you know, on a higher echelon. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. I love it. Yeah, like I like talking about this movie so much that it actually gets me, like, I, I forget about <laughs> again how depressing it can be at times. <laughs> you're like, oh, when yeah. they when they go to the the um when they go to uh, ben, uh Nicaragua. No, no. When they, when they go to Ben bed? Johnson, Mr. Mason's um, lodge, oh. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and and Robert has his moment of like, have you seen my dad? And so innocent. Yeah. He's like, your daddy's son, yeah. dead, son. And like, oh, he my loses God, it. gutted. He loses it. Yeah. yeah. So. Never mind he doesn't care about his mom, apparently. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Oh, we don't know. You don't know nah, the situation. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. Single yeah. dad. And, and, then they, and then, you know, uh, Mr. Mason is like, well, I got these two girls in the in the cellar. <laughs> he I says, I want to give you some heirlooms or something. It's like, <laughs> I got some heirlooms I want to give you. She's like, no. Take no. a look down in the cellar. I got keeping these boys. keeping these my granddaughters in the in the cellar. <laughs> give you some heirloom heirloom daughters. So do you, so the character of Daryl, uh, Darren, Darren Dalton, who, who oh, I hate that. Hate him. I mean, okay, hate so. Him. To be clear, I hate the character, Daryl, and not the actor that plays him, Darren Dalton, who we are interviewing in two weeks. Please listen to that. Thank you. Can we can we talk about like the fact of what he did, or should we save it for people that haven't seen the movie? I don't know, because that's a pretty big No, plot. no one's, no, 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 we're not saving. Come on. Okay, let's, yeah. So, let's so anyways, let's talk. Yeah. Before, he's even, before he's even revealed as having a wire and, and, and you know, being a traitor to his, his group, uh... When he pops on screen, I'm like, well, you look like Neil Sean, first of all, from Journey. I didn't recognize or talk about it until we sat down and watched it again that he was from The Outsiders. And I'm like, well, he was a dick in The Outsiders, yeah. too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So she's. Right. 
And like a real asshole in The Outsiders. Yeah. In this one, he was just kind of a like a wuss. Yeah. Like he just cheesed out like his dad did, right? Yeah, He's, when they you know they played up that they played up that ass because I think he was the student body president, maybe. And yeah. So yeah. they kind of played that. He made that. it very clear, Diallo. He made it very clear. <laughs> so in the yeah, beginning. it's like you know he was supposed yeah. to be in charge, and he ended up getting outdone by the old high school by quarterback. Jed. Yeah, by the quarterback. <laughs> well. Right, but Jed is Jed is not in high school, so you know. He's not. In, in yeah, my yeah. opinion, it's 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 fair game because he's yeah. the oldest one at like nineteen or you know however old he's like. Like he's his been life, his life was going nowhere until <laughs> until this until, until this, this war. thing happened. This, he was, was sitting at he was sitting at home on the couch and <laughs> didn't know what he was gonna do next. He was probably just dreaming about his high school quarterback and career, yeah, right? Because that's all he had to well, live for. And was he, he not a mechanic? Kids. I thought he was a mechanic. Am I making that up? I, I thought he was like, I'm, I'm going to be at the shop, mechanicing. I think he says I think he to did, Charlie Sheen yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. But and and I used to be uh, auto mechanic and auto body work too. I did that too, and so I can I can say, like that's a not that's a not not a lot to live for. If, I think but it's if a, you it's a noble profession. When your car breaks down, that's a lot, like you want. But being 19. Out. Well, it's interesting though because when the truck. You know, uh, dies on the road. It's True. not his idea to pee in it. That's it's not. Who? It's who not his idea. That idea? <laughs> that's that was a C. Uh, Thomas Charlie Sheen <laughs> or, or something, right? Sheen. Just just piss in it. Like that's a great idea. Get up there. Come on. It's like Come so. On, man. He's not really then, thinking uh, outside the box. Diallo pointed out the fact that that C. Thomas Howell is wearing the same hat in this that he he, he thinks he might have wore in E.T. E.T. when they were riding the bikes at the very end yeah. of the Star Wars hat. <laughs> oh, that would be. Really intriguing. Yes. Yeah. yeah the pro- we hat. were talking about the licensing. They hadn't really locked down the whole concept of licensing and stuff at that time. I don't think because right. there was like you know you see the Star Wars shirts and hats and other stuff that clearly wouldn't be uh, be allowed to happen right. today unless you That's paid true. them like a million dollars. Oh it. man, yeah, the good old That's days. True. Yeah, the like good old days. Litigious. Yep. Oh, it's true. Let's also talk about the fact that C. Thomas Howell was huge uh soon after this right where he was the lead actor in so many movies well and to lead into like half the actors and this movie went on to do outsider not half but like um like he went on to do outsiders and that's i for me that's where you see thomas howe really hit his oh yeah because he was i mean pony boy is iconic but yeah uh but yeah, I mean, not not uh not not Soul Man or uh, Secret Admirer. We have a we have a uh, I don't know we I don't know if we want to get into it, but the thing is a little problematic. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the Soul Man thing is is fascinating. But no, The Outsiders was before this movie, though, right? Like, I mean, oh, it definitely yeah, came yeah. out I before. I think it came movie. out eighty three, didn't it? Oh, did it? I think it did. We yeah, we yeah. keep having the kind of I always feel like it came out after, but it came out before. I don't know when they shot it, but he but I mean, C. Thomas was was a baby. Yeah, his baby. Yeah, you're you are right. His baby. But this was and 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 he and he. I mean, he was even younger in ET because ET came out what eighty two or something. Oh my god. Yeah. His greatest role was the Hitch in Hitcher. It it wasn't Side Out. It wasn't Side Out with with uh, Peter Horton. I love Side Out, dude. Yeah, Yeah, Side Out's great. That's a great movie. Dustin and I talk about this quite often. Like Side Out's a. It's a fine slice of film. We never. (laughs) We haven't gone deep into it. Not yet. Um, yet. I I just watched the Soul Man trailer recently, and the tagline is so offensive. Can you read it for us? I, I'm trying to remember what it what it was. It was like in order to get in, 
he has to get down. <laughs> it's oh like the, mo- oh, the most of- offensive. You know, I've, I've like, actually almost wiped that out of my like memory that that movie even existed until you just brought it up. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very problematic uh, <laughs> movie for, for very problematic. Book. Yeah, and I mean, well, that's we might have to do a whole episode devoted to uh, horribly cultural appropriated films. Oh, right, uh, <laughs> right. Well, I think I said to you, right? I said we got to get see Thomas Howell on the show with James Earl Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love to it. talk about it. I got a yeah. connection to Radon Chong, so that that could happen. Radon Chong gave a, a ex girlfriend of mine advice. She said, "Jackie Lee, not Jackie Lee." Okay. <laughs> the, uh, she said, "Sleep with as many people as you can until you have to settle down." Oh, right. And that was she said that to you while she was like breaking up with you. Yeah, and I was like, or oh, something. I, I guess we're. <laughs> so is this it? <laughs> <laughs> am I the one you're gonna settle down with, or am I just another guy? And so, how many have you slept with? <laughs> I she love seventeen, fortunately. So. Well, I love picturing that not only is she breaking up with you, but she's also name dropping Ray Dong Chong like in the middle of it. She did. That's it's like super I mean, I'm not lying. Anyway. This is 100 yeah. percent fact. I'm so confused right now. I've always wanted to meet Ray Dong Chong, but I really love you. <laughs> like. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, because I, I remember, because she had done a bunch of, she had done a bunch of Hallmark kind of movies, um, or Lifetime or something like that. People are going to look up now, they're going to like, uh, who's an actor with Radon Chong in a Hallmark movie? Jackie and, Lee, Hallmark movie. Yeah, and I remember, <laughs> yeah, and I kind of heard already sensed like things were going south, and I was just like, you know, I, I don't think this is going to work. And she goes, well, yeah, you know, uh, I just, I just feel like I'm not ready yet to be taking anything seriously. You know, I, my, uh, you know, <laughs> Ray Don Chong movie. told me one time, <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, where, whoa, okay, well, I guess it's making it easier right. to press eject. <laughs> so. oh, right. Is that what you called it when you ended a relationship? Press eject, yeah, because yeah. everything relates back to <laughs> yeah, 80s references. <laughs> and, and sometimes, uh, actually, and sometimes, you, you push eject on a VCR and the tape comes out, no problem. But there are times, and case in point with many failed relationships, you push eject and you pull the tape out and the tape got caught around the, the gears yep. of the, and, and, yeah. it's, and, it's, and, and yeah. you fucked up the tape and the tape is yep. ruined and that's what happened to me. No, I'm kidding. I hate that. Oh, so so you're the tape in this scenario. I'm the tape. I'm pulling myself out of the oh. situation. Oh, that's interesting. I thought you were the VCR and you were pushing eject on her to get no. out, but then she also got stuck a little bit, and then that was like the messiness of your brain. In that case, I was the tape. In other cases, I could have been the VCR. Yeah, I mean, you never know which one you're going to be. <laughs> you, you never find out until <laughs> the relationship's <laughs> ending. <laughs> so, <laughs> you never know. My next relationship, I'll be like, so, like, I want to sit down and have a talk. So, which one are you? Are you the VCR yeah. or are you, the, are you the tape? How do you see yourself? And then she goes, what's a VCR? Oh. <laughs> I mean, have you made a match? eject on that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I point out, I just, uh, I just want to point out the fact that when you go on IMDb to research a movie, and we've talked about this on other podcast episodes, um, some of the plot keywords that that describe the movie if if you look at the top five it says uh ruskies <laughs> racist teenage girl okay propaganda sure thin girl thin girl 
So the, 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 it's interesting that the propaganda part is interesting because actually I think what kind of got me on to wanting to watch Red Dawn again because I hadn't watched it in years prior. And then um, I kind of fell down this YouTube rabbit hole where there was this guy breaking down all these films and he did this piece on Red Dawn being like basically like right wing propaganda. And oh. so I watched it. Um, he like all of his, all of his points were valid, um, and I think actually I said to you, I was like, well, if it was right wing propaganda, they they definitely failed with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I I could also see it. I don't really have a problem with it either. It wasn't like a straight like I I feel like Top Gun is more of a military recruitment movie. Than, oh, for sure. Than Red Dawn is, but um, Maybe. yeah, but that's definitely a conversation that happens out in the world where. I think some people might look down on Red Dom because of that what they see as trying to push certain values that they don't agree with. And, you know, yeah. I don't really have much to say on what I agree or don't agree with. I just kind of watch it from the lens of an entertaining film. Yeah, um, so. I mean, I could piggyback on that by saying, like, maybe the, the whole militia idea mm-hmm. fuels that a little bit, like taking, mm-hmm. you know, having your stockpile right mm-hmm. um having your gun pride from your cold dead hands kind of yeah i mean look and i don't want to i don't want to you know it's too late <laughs> i'm not well, I, i'm not we, we should talk about it i mean it is yeah it is timely look look <laughs> and, and and you know what i everyone i'm not a gun person i never have been and it's it's neither here nor there but like you know i don't think this film um propagandizes anything if you gave a kid a gun and they were put in a situation like this i don't see it going i mean outside of the fact that they're they seem very well trained with the guns but i think for the most part they would kind of like i think robert's character more going back to the fact that you like that character so much it's your favorite character i think he's the one with the most truth because i think that kids don't necessarily their brain has not developed fully yet and, and right. after having that much trauma done to you to go on kind of a serious tip, of course you're going to lose your fucking mind. Of course you're going to, like, yeah. start getting off on this and thinking it's a video game, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's – as you were talking, I started thinking, too. It's like, you know, my with my upbringing, like, I feel like they – I can see how – they push some of the values, like you're saying, the the militia, especially. Yeah. And and I know me personally, like I have like I have a lot of friends across the political spectrum, and and I actually see a lot of value in a lot of things that like they might talk about, like um, with like you know rights to own guns and whatever, and like just in terms of this pandemic thing, <laughs> what's going on? Like I happen to have had a level of calm when it was going down because. Even in the urban environment I live in, I've been um, sort of like prepared for disaster for a while. So I have like little stores of this and that and, okay. you know, whatever. So I get I, my mind is in that place and I've always been out camping and so I can handle myself. And like growing up, we'd be we'd take us out for shooting on the gun ranges and stuff like that. But yeah, the difference between me and. I think a lot of people that are really into that is like I never fetishized any of that. So I yes. don't have like big difference. I see the value in it, but I also don't I don't own a gun. I don't like I don't, you know, I oh, it's just kind of yeah, like 
Uh, sorry, I thought we were leading up to you, like, revealing that you had, like, an RPG or just something <laughs> crazy like that. So I wanted to like tell you about this. Uh, <laughs> Sawn-off shotgun that I yeah, keep yeah, under the bed. No, but I'm saying, like, I, I see the value in it in a circumstance, in a situation like um, Russia attacking. But yeah. it's highly unlikely. And then, and then if it did happen in real time, I'd be like, oh, well, I guess that's happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so... But I, so I think it did like when I don't think that, yeah, the movie does, it, it might be viewed in the lens of propaganda. But again, for me, it's more about people taking that and then fetishizing all of those ideals. Yeah. Um, because I, I do think that there's value in having pride for your country. And, yeah, I agree. and there's, there's yeah. value in being um, capable of handling yourself when things go not the way that you want them to go. But then when you start to, like, you take on other aspects of that life, livelihood, then I, and it, can, it can turn wrong. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah. And when you, when, you, when you get tunnel vision and not recognize other people's feelings and thoughts and, and, and it's just all about that one thing, specific thing, that's when it goes astray. And, yeah. 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 So. But there is an interesting point with the, with the way that this kind of ends um, with the character of Bella. You know, where he kind of starts realizing that this is like kind of like a lost cause in a way. And like, I'm not going to just shoot these shoot, shoot these kids yeah. um, at the end. Yeah, that's a really cool moment. And, you know, it's, it's that watching that now as opposed to watching it then, I think like even as a country, I think we're a lot more sheltered to the conversations outside of our country of what people actually go through um, that aren't in a first world situation. So, you you know, just even watching like the Iraq war and like knowing what goes on in Afghanistan, like watching it, watching that movie again, um, just a few weeks ago, kind of through the eyes of the colonel, it's like, it's like, dude, you actually like you, you, you were doing what we say we want to do, but we've always cast you as the villain when you were just trying to live your life and somebody was trying to put their boot on your neck. Yep. Um, right. Yeah. And that the movie conveys that clearly. It's just like we didn't I don't think we knew enough then to be able to like to fully empathize with him. Um, but it was I mean, that's why it even resonated even more with me that that final scene than anything yeah so. it's powerful it yeah. was de- I, and i forgot i had forgotten that that had happened because all the while leading up to that scene i was like oh yeah isn't this where the part where like where i know a bunch of the characters die i know a bunch of shit happens and then like a bunch of them live at the end though and it's kind of a happy ending like i forgot that third act that chunk and yeah and and i was i was shocked i was like oh shit this is not what I remembered. No. Uh, and, and in a good way, like it didn't, it wasn't fluff. It was like, no, this is, this is the reality, the harshness. Right. And it's cool. Like see Thomas house character. It's like, I always knew he dies, but then like, again, it's just the way he dies. It's it like when I watched it, when I was younger, it felt more heroic, but then we were watching it again. I was, it was almost like he had this, this death wish because yep. I saw exactly the, damage, the damageness of him in this, yep. this time. And I, I really got, you know, I got where, where he came from to where he was going. And um, yeah, it was like this inevitable end for him, but it wasn't, it wasn't this, 
heroic moment even though the music the score cues you e- to think it's heroic and the wolverines but it's, wolverines! And he had even had like a, like he started wearing basically the death mask which we're all walking around wearing these days too but he was the one character that had the face covering a lot yeah he, um, he put yes it on right before it's he died. so amazing he makes like the million dollar rpg shot on that helicopter yeah yeah, yeah, yeah right it's and dope. all yeah you know and you're like really that's all that happens yeah. like that's all that he that's the only damage he did like that's yeah. such a hard shot to do especially with no training knock and, the guy uh, out of the helicopter he knocks yeah. the guy out of a helicopter yeah, a gunner i guess i don't well, even shot, know the shot was too perfect it didn't actually <laughs> yeah. hit, actually hit <laughs> <Right>. the helicopter <laughs> <laughs> well and and he his character has there are some great lines in this movie a few of them we already rattled off but he has probably one of the best lines uh when powers booth is talking to when he's putting notches in his rifle oh yeah right that's a great line too mm-hmm. are you talking about powers booth's line yeah i'm saying like their yeah. interaction All that hate's gonna burn you up, kid. Keeps me warm. Keeps me warm. Keeps yeah. me warm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Powers Booth does have the best. He has the best line. Period, though. <laughs> oh yeah. Shoot straight for once. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I what you were saying about the music cues. Um, I didn't realize that that they the composer also did. Hunt for you said Hunt for Red October, but and then you said Conan the Barbarian, but he also did RoboCop mm. too. Mm. I mean, dude, like that's a that's some grade A quality yes. shit. Yeah, that is fantastic. We got in with uh, what's her name, Ver- Verhoeven? Is that the yeah, name? yeah, yeah, yeah? Yep. Flight yep. of the Intruder, also. I mean, Cherry Two Thousand. <laughs> Misfits of Science. Misfits of Science. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Big Wednesday. There I go again. No, oh, it's on. He's on. He's uncredited for Big Wednesday, but whatever. Iron um, Eagle, uncredited conductor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Uncredited. Yeah. So well, we are going to give him credit right now. Yeah. You get all the Basil. Props. You major props. Mm-hmm. Major props. Um, I I know as we're kind of winding down a little bit. Can can we talk about some of the things that happened in 1984? Um, well, I guess that's up to Diallo. Of course. Okay, he he allows it. 1984 was a great year. Well, you're gonna well, appreciate you the know, fact that Hulk Hogan. If you just... listen, oh, sorry, sorry, I interrupted. I, I was gonna say, if you listen regularly, you know that this doesn't is not really good news. <laughs> this is usually the downer time of the podcast <laughs> because Zach talks about the Challenger blowing up on January 1st or whatever, and was... you know. One episode. One episode, and and I think we've been in 1984 already, so I think we're fine. Yeah, I, I'm probably gonna, only good. I'm going to go more the power <laughs> positive route. Positive. Um, Hulk Hogan and, did something. I I just heard that. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, I'll open up with Andy Kaufman dies, or did he? Oh. Or did he? Or did he? He's still alive with Biggie and Tupac. Yep. Uh, but I will. I was going to originally open with Hulk Hogan defeated the Iron Sheik to win his first world wrestling federation championship title that was a good time that was the birth of hulkamania what a time to be alive yeah so (laughs) to go on our our you know red dawn being this rah rah america america so uh sony and phillips introduced the first cd players ever wow uh and and then apple computer launched their famous 1984 
Macintosh computer line uh, commercial. Okay. Yeah, we, we didn't really talk a lot about it, but like just the, you know, the America time. Of yes. It, you know, like, you know, um, yeah, what we were going through, like at that time, like uh, just in the, like the Cold War part two. Um, so I remember growing up just like in constant terror of dying in nuclear fire. Yeah, because we still had th- th- that was actually still a really relevant thing. Yeah, they haven't. The, they were remember like the Star Wars program that they used yeah. to talk about with the like sat, like that was like a thing in your head. You're like, oh my god, they're going to try to shoot down missiles if they shoot them at us. And yeah. um, and then I don't right. remember what year that movie came out, but um, the day after tomorrow, I think, it was, or the day after with uh, Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I don't day after what year, but it was like that was sort of like peak that stuff. Yeah, and um, so you had. And Russia was our big, you know, our big enemy. So it all, like, in that movie, it it all kind of came to a head. And I think that's actually what, for me, brought a lot of fear into Red Dawn, especially that opening scene, was knowing that threat of nuclear war. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what nuclear war looked like. I was, uh, you know, what, eight years old at the time? Mm-hmm. So well, and you weren't studying then. You weren't very... That? You weren't studying hard enough. Apparently, <laughs> well, but no, I do remember the, the drop like. in cover drills and and discussion about nuclear war. Um, and it and as a kid, it traumatized the shit out of me too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and so this movie was kind of coming on the the tail end of that, you yeah. know, eighty four. So, as it turns out, that was all training for us now. So that's why I'm not freaking out. I'm like, I've been through all of this fear. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's just like just, 84 just I, like 84 i just want to point out um you know because yeah we will cover a myriad of 80s movies from specifically from 84 but um police academy came out that same year and that was you know and and uh, big big deal i mean come on it's a really big deal like i yeah terminator nightmare on elm street like police academy franchise you know that's that's iconic as well as well and uh a couple of the big songs at that time were one of diallo's favorites it's it's not just perfect that he's on our show for this episode for the fact that we have this affinity for red dawn that we all share but the fact that one of his favorite songs to karaoke of all time was a huge 80s hit in 1984 purple rain by prince Mm. i still need to sing that live and I have made a promise that at some point, Diallo, uh, you know, we will do a live rendition of that with some sort of band that I have at some point. It's on my bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> and then also uh, Jump by Van Halen. I mean, I'm not going to go. 80, 84 was such a <laughs> good album. A huge year for like music, movies, pop culture, everything. So. Uh, we'll just like give you a little taste of that because I'm sure we'll be going back down this road eventually. So we've been down the road, though, right? We, I, I, mean, I think that actually this is the first movie we've covered specifically from '84. It um, is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Kind of, pretty kind sure. of failing our, our coverage, he but he debuted on primetime television, Miami Vice, Night Court, and we're not going to talk about that first show. We can't talk. <laughs> we can't talk about oh, Cosby Trouble, but um, but uh, well, and 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 because space space shuttle Discovery was the space shuttle at that time, it was the Challenger that I brought up in. The, I think it was that was 1986. Yeah. Um, right. Yes, but you know, 84 was. I think this is one of the first times we've talked about it. Yeah. 
Vanessa Williams, the first black Miss America, she had to relinquish her crown. That was that was a crazy oh, time. Right. It's crazy times. It was all setting us up for our God. Now <laughs> it was a time that was tearing down all the all the uh, rules about what you could and couldn't do. So yeah, you know, for those for those people that are listening that are are not children of the '80s, who maybe were born in the late '80s, early '90s, and didn't live through a lot of this, um, it's yeah, everything. My my son loves those chain reaction videos, you know, the cause and effect, the Rube Goldberg videos, and I'm I'm always explaining to him one thing always leads into another, and you can pinpoint all the shit that we're going through now, whether it's good or bad, all yeah. came from someplace, mm-hmm. and it all came from you know uh, specific moments that just, and we are fortunate or unfortunate to recognize those moments. Oh. The shit that happens right now is because of blah, 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 you know, versus other people who might go, why is this happening to our lives right now? So going back to your point of being like, well, I'm a doomsday prepper. I know what's up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, because you live through other moments kind of leading you up to this point. Yeah. And it, again, like the real talk, like I was joking at the very beginning, like, you know, when, growing up, I was like a super emotional child and I probably cried all the time and I was like told not to cry and I never could quite not cry, you know, and um. Yeah. Not, not cry. But then I remember watching this movie and there is Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen like on the verge of crying. And, and then their and then their dad is like, don't you cry? Don't you? And I remember consciously making a decision from that moment to like hold my hold my emotions wow. in and now I'm emotionally damaged because of it. <laughs> oh, shit. But oh, no. But it but, turned I mean, I, to something I, I, else. Let it turn like, to something else, to y'all. Oh, let it turn. <laughs> but it's no, it's funny. It's funny how that, like, I just I remember specifically that moment. Like, it's sort of like, oh yeah, like, I, like, but I, but I also was like, it kind of validated emotion too because I, they actually had something that was like worth crying over. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, well, you, it's funny you bring that mm. up because uh, as we've talked about many times before, the blood brother mixes that. Uh, DJA puts out he rips the sound clips from Red Dawn and a couple on one of the uh, mixes and it is Patrick Swayze you, you know giving that speech and so Bodie who listens to those mixes on repeat one day was walking to school and he's like I'm not crying daddy I'm gonna let it turn to something else and that turned into a sit down discussion about like Don't it's okay that. to cry dude like yeah. it is okay to feel the feelings it's more about the placement of like what what you know what constitutes well this you know listen listen Bodhi do you want to grow up like your uncle Diallo <laughs> don't do that <laughs> no but but you bring up a good point that's like you can't it's not really healthy to judge like if your emotions are worthy of crying you know what I mean because no, you, no, you no, feel no, what you right. feel so it's like yeah. you you know you got to be kind to yourself but i think i think like growing up a sensitive kid it's like it's very hard because you are feeling those things and you're like well but why like nobody else is like crying about this uh you know because they missed the bus or whatever it's not a big deal and like as you're saying it's like yeah like so many other people in the world are going through so much it's just all about perspective and but you but you know but we can't be like i shouldn't be crying here i shouldn't be because i mean i can say that now like, like right, what you right. said with your perspective right. 
um, like back, yeah, back then, yeah, it was like, well, everybody else is fine. Why am I crying? And then you started getting yeah. these labels and yes, it kind of helps you at the time. It helped me just kind of fit in a little bit more. Cause that probably was more, um, high on my survival list of survival <laughs> needs. Right. Uh, now my li- list on survival needs is, uh, how well stocked is my, uh, is my, uh, fruit refrigerator, but, yeah. um, I just, I just, it's just funny for me how that, the, that literally that move, that movie is a moment for me, you know? Well, and I was going to say too, like you're the, talking about the emotions that, <laughs> yeah. Are you about it, to cry? <laughs> I am going to cry. Cause I, I think, I think it's really important too that, uh, you know, people are always like, oh, I, the whole podcast thing is like, oh, it's so silly or whatever, you, you know, the fact that we get to sit down and have a discussion about this and and go deep like this uh, i feel very fortunate not to and yeah, just to, on a serious tip and super appreciative i know i've said that a million times off the air but i'm gonna say it on the air just having uh you know not just friends but like good quality friends to be silly and goof about shit is great on one hand but also you know go deeper and process things and you know, so I'm just very fortunate to have you guys in my life. I Thanks, man. feel the same way. Um, this will be our least funny episode, but I think that's fine. That's um, fine. No, we need to, we need to work through some emotions. I don't right know. Now. Part of me, part of me is like, I never used that it's VCR uh, an, uh, metaphor before. But <laughs> listen, you know what? We're like in peak oh, pandemic mode, mode, and there's a lot of stuff going yeah. on in the world that you know. So it's, yeah, we're processing a lot of stuff. This so this is like, so different. Fine. Absolutely. It's so processy. Uh, but going back, who who is who's like your podcast is silly? Who's saying that? No, I just think, yeah. Like, we want to listen. I'm gonna find <laughs> name some names. <laughs> no, I just think in the in you know there there is that there is that kind of running joke of like oh everybody's got a podcast now everybody's got oh I'm doing a podcast I think I think even Saturday Night Live parodied that a little bit and very very well done. Uh, and and I get that. I mean, there's 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 plenty of podcasts. They're like the out new. There. They're like the new blogs. You know, podcasts yeah. are what blogs were. You know, ten years ago. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, but this is like I'm. I feel very uh, fortunate to be able to do stuff like yeah. this. And 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 hopefully people listen to this and go, oh man, my my life's not as bad as that is. So it makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all you can ever do is just do things that make you happy Bring first, joy. and then yeah. it, it just you know yeah. where whatever, however people perceive them outside of you, that's really up to them. Whether totally. it's good or bad, what it's just, but that's that's their deal. And um, absolutely, it's natural to feel that way. Like I feel that way. Like I've been, you know, I've been processing like as writing a lot. I'm just like I've realized a lot of my resistance is just thinking about what people will think when they see what I've written. So, you know, and I I realized, oh, that's what's been my hang up. Like, why haven't I like pumped stuff out? Because I like I find myself second guessing a lot of stuff. Um, But what I was going to say, I think I've said to you before to you before in the past, I think one of the things about your podcasts that I um, that I just I feel resonates is that you you like when you tell me you're having so and so on. I'm like, wow, they got them. And then it's always like, it's a very organic experience. And I think you, you guys as hosts are more of like, um, you're not, you're not really talking about the business of things. And it's not very, it's, it's more of like 
there's an appreciation for the work that these people have done and you're like you're sending the joy vibes and they're picking up on that and that's mm. why that's why the show resonates more than some other ones might resonate so oh, cool yeah so it's like I, yeah i mean i i might have said that to you before but it's like i think you're like knowing you for a while <laughs> like hanging out with you like i consider myself pretty uh, astute at a lot of like the pop culture stuff and like Zach, Zach you like you blow me out of the water with the stuff you know like I, I don't oh yeah I kind of I, I, I liked that movie <laughs> I don't remember oh, yeah. <laughs> right. that so, guy was in this that's yeah. very sweet so that's I mean but sweet. like that that's just like the the the, the depth of um, knowledge that you have but it's it comes from a pure fun space and not like a you know, I'm going to tell you why you were wrong <laughs> about something is that you get that a lot too with some other stuff. Yeah, you do. And, and I think maybe that's, that was more to my point is, is, is the idea that that's not what we're about. And I, that goes back to your, my childhood. And I think maybe the, the three of us experienced that at some point where people telling you uh, you're wrong or doing this is stupid or whatever. And, you know, and it's not about, it's, it's about finding the joy in little things and we all need that i think we need more of that yeah. and and going back to your writing and 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 uh i was i was as we get kind of towards the tail end of the episode i wanted to shout out the fact that you have a great comic book called angela in the dark oh thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> yeah it a is a great comic book it's really yeah. it's really badass it's the thank first you. of a potential eventual series right yeah yeah i need more series. volumes diallo not to um, interrupt we have uh, more content one that works. i don't know if you follow us on instagram uh, russell's been working on some um some new concepts and uh, we've given angela a new hairstyle which Ooh. is kind of fun <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> can you can you kind of tell like listeners what Angela in the Dark is about? Yeah, so Angela in the Dark is a uh, it's, it's a cyberpunk. Um, I call it an anime infused cyberpunk adventure. So, growing up, I really loved things like Akira. You know, um, whatever. There's one particular I love, Bubblegum Crisis, which isn't like super well known, but um, basically. There's a, a group of uh, techno thieves that live in this city called Met, Metro, uh, Metron City in 2137. And um, there is a young, mysterious girl that kind of gets caught up in the mix. Um, so in our first issue, she just makes a really brief appearance. Uh, it's just kind of setting up the broad story and the, the dynamics of the characters and um, kind of what to expect action-wise. Um, and then... Following that, um, we get into like the meat of the story, the mystery, and there's lots of twists and turns. And um, so basically, it's like if you took Blade Runner and you put Pippi Longstocking right in the middle of it. That's basically the vibe <laughs> of what's going on. It's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, it's awesome. Yeah. And um, we've had uh, like a like great reception from it. And um, <laughs> before the... Uh, <laughs> pandemic hit we had some meetings we were gonna have yeah, of course <laughs> put it on pause just put it on pause yeah so um but pause. yeah it's, it's been a really fun um experience for myself and um and russell the uh co-creator and artist he's like i've worked with him on some other projects and he like this one in particular it's like he's just doing the best work he's ever done and it's just really like I'll, I'll kind of come up with concepts and stories and stuff and give him scripts and then he just he'll 
like takes them and draws them and he just eclipses anything that I even saw in my head. So Yeah, it really the 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 art really captures the story as yeah. well. Yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't yeah, look disjointed at all. It's it's really a nice nice um nice matchup. Yeah. So And you've got you're also working on some other other books and projects too, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because I talk about my fantasy novel a lot and that's actually what, like, that's where the, the was talking about the resistance from. Yeah. It's like, that's, I drew, I wrote a draft two years ago and didn't like it. Um, and I've been kind of working on it slowly to fix it. And what I realized that I just was like, I just kind of was, part of me was thinking about what people would think rather than doing what I liked, you know? So in the last, it's actually the gift of, of this downtime that that some of us has, have had is I've actually just started to like spend a little bit more time on it and just focus on the parts that resonate with me. And Great. so um, fantasy novel that could take off and, you know, go some other places. So And what's the other, uh, what's Ears? Can you tell us about Ears? Yeah, Ears is uh, a... Uh, Basically, it's like Goonies meets Spy Kids. <laughs> so it's a bunch of uh, uh, it's a group of kids. Nice. I think actually they kind of tie into Red Dawn. I think one of the reasons why I resonate with Red Dawn too is I really have an affinity for uh, like escapist uh, kids oh. kind of yeah. doing their own thing. Big time. Um, so I mean that's what Angela in the Dark is is yep. an element of escapism for the little kid. But and it's basically uh, they're with the spy organization and uh, they kind of go on this rip roaring adventure so that's been right on too so perfect time for it yeah 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 so and i yeah i basically in about three years ago decided that um i had written various things but i wasn't really writing for myself i was think i was writing for what i think would get like i would think my idea of prestige was and then okay. i was just like you know what like mm -hmm. i like explosions and action and car chases. <laughs> so I just started writing to that and I've been having a lot more fun and yeah. um, having doors open more for that than trying to write some drama. So. And, I, and I think, <laughs> I think that's what's drama. happening for you. Like I, I think you and Dustin both, uh, you know, talk about finding that joy and, and finding the place coming from a place of joy and that it's helped me in my life. And, uh, I think it's going to just keep on pushing you in the right direction. Like you're going exactly where you're supposed to be going right now. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Follow your bliss. So, uh, do we find you, where should we find you online? Uh, you can find me, uh, you can get snippets of, uh, um, Angela in the dark on my website called forge creation. It's forgecreationdigital.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Armageddon. Um, the second E is a three, so the Arm Three Geddon. <laughs> um, and uh, also we have uh, Angela and the Dark um, uh, Instagram as well. Great. So literally Angela and the Dark. I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Before someone else. Did. Yeah. Right. And we're not going to talk <laughs> about Twitter, so. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm banned on Twitter. Wait, that's so a whole is, other podcast is your, episode. Is your banned forever? Yeah, I'm banned for that's life. Bullshit, dude. I am that banned for life. That makes no sense to it me. It really doesn't. It, it really no doesn't. Sense. But I mean, at this, yeah. at this time, I kind of wear it like as a as a badge. And if and, our president can't get banned from Twitter, and, yeah, I'm kind of like, hey, you know, I'm banned. I'm banned on Twitter. Banned like, for really? life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and um, yeah, and and it, 
Twitter's already it's a pretty toxic place also, so it's probably a it's gift. terrible. It's a gift that I'm not allowed to to be on there. Yeah, sometimes I off, I think one of the reasons why we love doing the show so so much is we get to go back to that time when um, you know for better or worse it, there's no no period of time that was ever perfect quote unquote because there's no there's no such thing as perfection, but it was a time a, a simpler time in some in some respects and the idea that we don't have we have the social media. Uh, that we do now is kind of would, would be refreshing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, we might not have the avenue to have podcasts like this. So it's, uh, it's you got to take the good, the bad. Well, what would you do <laughs> in, in, in a pandemic? Yeah. Well, I'll just leave. I won't even say my comment because that's the perfect way to end. No, please do. <laughs> take the good. No, I was just saying, what would you do in a pandemic without social media on some level, like without a way, you just be on the phone? All the time. Yeah, it would and, be and, a whole different experience for sure. Yeah. I don't even think that we people would actually be able to stay like stay in as long as they have. No, no. Um, because so the news on. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, there's so many, so many uh, Atari video games you could play if this was 1984 <laughs> and, and 13 channels and you had a antenna on the top that you'd have to constantly adjust. Yep. And was yeah did ColecoVision exist i don't remember i think yes. it did yeah. i think it yeah. did okay, uh, nintendo good. had not come out yet so uh yep. we we would be in a different time like i yep. will say it is yeah thank god for podcasts and social uh aspects of social media that are entertaining <laughs> and ne- stuff like netflix and all that <laughs> stuff you know it's good the bad it's a yin yang it's a yin yang it like it, it starts with us being like social media is just so toxic and terrible. Thank God for social media. I will say that. It's like, well, you know, it's like what right. you. It's just like anything, though. Yeah. It's like you, yeah. you, you actually can choose what you take in. So, yep. The it's just social media exists, and then it's whether you want to have a negative experience or not. Yeah. It's up to, up to you. Like I know, like on my little Facebook feed. I've especially lately. I probably, should I say this in public? I've been starting to like. I've been giving like people a one strike, you're out kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, you start posting things that kind of like go against my um, well being, my emotional well being. Yeah. Has nothing to do with like politics or anything. It's just like if you do something that like sends me to a place where I don't want to go. Like I, yeah. you're, mute, you're muted for 30 days. <laughs> that's that's just, important. You know? Good. And so, and so now I, I make sure that the things that are, I'm feeding my myself are things that lift me up rather than take me down. So like, again, it's probably good that I'm not on Twitter. Yes. And, and it's, and it's good that you're here with us. Yes. So in an unrelated story, I'm going to just start posting the Soul Man trailer to your Facebook page. (laughs) Take that for whatever it's worth. Come on. Tell me what you really think. (laughs) What does a man do? Just stop. What does a man do when all he his biggest fault is the color of his skin? What a a time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to say I want to say, first of all, um thank you so much for being on the show with us yeah thank you for having me it's really fun and hopefully we can do it again with another uh another gem oh we will oh we will and i want to always thank once again thank dustin uh for being my my co-homie putting in my vote for uh laser blast at some point (laughs) laser blast wow yeah Yeah. we we need to go there one day yeah sure um (laughs) yeah no, thanks to you both. Um, Diallo, thanks for coming on. 
Zach, thank thanks for me. being you. And thank you to the listeners at home for listening. Oh, and I do want to do one little quick plug. And I know we have it always at the end of our show, uh, but, I, but really quick. And I know oftentimes people are like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, when you go on and you either follow our podcast or you subscribe to our podcast uh, and you give us the five-star rating and you give us a quick review, it actually does get us more kind of recognition and attention. And I know that's not that big of a deal, but it kind of is in the sense that we love doing this and we love to... We, continue to reach we, a wider audience. We love attention also. We love attention. I mean, let's be said. honest. It's <laughs> very important. Actors, so, uh, but yeah, like it, it's, it's meaningful. It does actually serve a purpose. So if you wouldn't mind, that would be a really big deal to us. And those of you that have, um, I think our dads are in, included in this. Thank you for the people that <laughs> either subscribed yes, or you, reviews. My dad, who's like this, you know, badass Navy SEAL firefighter, Dabney Coleman emailed down the down the road like he's he's listening to the podcast and he's enjoying it and all writing a really sweet review so Love it. yeah if you could do that it'd be great we'll catch you on the flip side Thank, right, Justin gents. I'm gonna let you take us out because you're so sexy about that oh yeah going into sexy mode to encourage all of you to come back in two weeks and listen to our interview with Darren Dalton the star of this movie once again he played Daryl and the star of The Outsiders Thanks so much. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) And see. That's what she said. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it a five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.